The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, hello everyone. We're back. And welcome once again to The Open Door, the Internet radio voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today's focus, where are we going? And I can tell you, with the conditions outside here in Montana... White out and blizzard, we're going home right after the radio show. Yep, we have almost no visibility, at least in the physical. <laughs> okay, Ross, so where are we going? Well, we are going home, Tom, and I mean reunion. You know, yeah. a higher self, you know, going up higher, the one-on-one relationship with God, and eventually the ascension. Indeed, I think that is, we would ex- certainly accept that that's the goal of life. Right. I had someone ask me yesterday, just what are you guys trying to sell anyway? Um, I was, you know, tempted at first to dismiss it, but then it got me thinking about the show focus for today. And so, can I answer that question? What are we selling? Mm-hmm. Well, we're selling freedom, right? Literally, the freedom to walk and talk with God, the freedom to finally, once and for all, get out of Dodge, graduate from Earth's schoolroom, and reunite with the heart and the allness of God. Not that we want to get any letters from people in Dodge, Kansas, who are. No, no, <laughs> Thank you. Your warm thoughts would be appreciated. That's right. <laughs> Especially now. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about all of this, I mean, I really feel that it's not just some grand feel-good vision. You know, it's not, it's not a promise. It's not a sales job. This is what every soul needs to hear and know, how yeah. to get back. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, you know, we're talking to you out there for the same reason that we've spoken to ourselves in our own hearts, you know, mm-hmm. that we have a reason for being here that transcends the limitations of the human. And this is, we're not on the soapbox about this. This is just the truth as we know it. And this is the truth about, you know, why we're here and, of course, where we're going. Right. You know, and, it's, and a lot of people go through life and they, and they just feel like they're just getting by, you know, just muddling through. They're having a hard time. It's not enough. And this is how, I mean, you can't be vague about this. This is one of those things that when you see somebody who you know that these teachings can help, you have to say something. You, you know, and there's no recess. You don't get time out. <laughs> um, I, I, I think about this fact that these teachings um, make being aware and accountable a 24-7 activity. I mean, there's, there's no break. Yeah, thanks. I needed another job. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, people have to understand that when, when we talk and when we think and when we do, these all create things. And when people say, you know, uh, you know gosh, I'm tired, what they're almost saying is, I am, and then whatever that condition is. Yeah. 
we have to be careful about that because we know from the Bible and from the teachings of the Ascended Masters that I am is the name of God. It's a command, it's a statement, it's everything. And, and simply as it can be said, it's extremely powerful. Uh, you know, I was telling you this, I think, off, offline, that when I first found these teachings, um, well, more precisely, when they found me, because I know that the, the masters knocked on my door looking for you, did they? <laughs> they came again and again, thank God. Uh, one of the things I remembered hearing first was, um, when I was saying to myself, I am tired, or I am hungry, I am this, I am that, the teaching was, insert the words, God in me is, hmm. every time you say, I am. So I started to think about that. So I was thinking, well, now, um, God in me is hungry? Probably not. God in me is, t- you know, tired? Probably not. Well, but so, on the seventh day he rested. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but I'm thinking to myself, wow, I have to be extremely careful what I say, what I think, what I do, because I'm, I'm creating my experience, and I'm using the power of God to do that. Yeah, or misusing the power of God. Well, that's the, precisely. That's the important yeah, one. Misusing. Wasn't it Henry Ford who said something like, if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think another way... the responsibility back on us, doesn't it? Well, I, yeah, I think another way of saying that, too, is, um, you know, argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that, you know, going back to the question, where are we going, the ascension is the vehicle, uh, if you will. It's the process where we transcend Earth's schoolroom, mm-hmm. that we, we finally leave this um, earthly plane of travail and, and then yeah. whatever it is that we're you know, doing, and that through the ascension, we follow in the footsteps of the ascended masters, mm-hmm. and we make it to the next level. The where isn't something that we can precisely identify. We can, we can describe it as best we know it, mm-hmm. but it's a place that requires the ascension as the intermediate step between Earth and whatever's next. It's like the old thing about going to the pearly gates, and, you know, there's things that you've got to pass the test in order to get there. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the where you're going is a very important part of this process, obviously, and I know that as we've been setting up the, um, the show content over the last few weeks, we've essentially been focusing on four questions. Who are you? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? And then next week we'll talk about how do you get there. Right. Well, obviously the where is something that we're talking about today, but the who is in simple form, we are sons and daughters of God, and we have the potential to become the Christ, right. as the masters have shown us the way. The why are we here is to master ourselves, mm-hmm. to basically graduate. So the why and the where yeah. are kind of bridged by the ascension. Right, and a lot of people, a lot of people are familiar with the concept of the ascension. You know, it's like uh, I remember sitting there watching the the first Star Trek movie, and the guy did, you know, <laughs> became one with Voyager or whatever it was. You know, Voyager, yeah, it was it was like the physical ascension. Yeah. But people people are aware of that, and I, and I, I think a lot of people when they look at uh, you know somebody being transported from one place to another, they they can really get that concept. Oh, I totally agree. I'm talking about the spiritual realm. Absolutely, you know. I think people are called to the idea of the ascension. Even hearing that word, I think. Let's you know people feel something in their hearts and their souls that is absolutely true to their mm-hmm. being. It's yeah. you know again, it's, it's why are you here? It's to transcend yourself. That's right. So I mean, again, reuniting with the heart of God is where we're going, and the ascension is how we get there. And we have to be thinking about what does it take to be a candidate for the ascension. So in a couple minutes, we're going to listen to a segment uh, with Elizabeth Clare Prophet about what it takes to be an ascension candidate. 
Yeah, and I think this is something that everybody's going to want to listen to because it does tell us something about our reason for being, and also it tells us something again about where we're going. Excellent. Let's, why don't we go ahead and do that now? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. So let's listen to this segment. It's about four and a half minutes long, and uh, we'll see you on the other end. Okay. What I have come to say, beloved, is that it is possible to ascend in this life Some who know the messenger know that the messenger has often greeted them with such words as, what can I do for you? How may I pray for you? What would you like to tell me this day? Is there anything that I should know? Beloved ones, so often when Sheila's hear this, they are overcome in the presence of the messenger and cannot think of a thing to say or ask. So I will tell you what to ask the messenger when you find yourself in the way with the messenger. And this includes those who have a familiarity by more frequent or intimate contact. Blessed ones, you must ask, what is the most important thing I can do to become a candidate for the ascension? I can assure you that you will see the messenger pause and listen and receive from my heart the pinpointing of the condition of the mind or consciousness or the lifestyle. Blessed ones, I have longed to be able to transmit this to you, for you need the spoken word and the direction. But this question does not come and should not come to the messenger as a letter or any other type of communication, but simply when you happen to find yourself in the way with the messenger. Thus, beloved, Maintaining the stance of propriety and politeness, I am sure you will not interfere with a messenger's comings and goings, but you will understand the perspective in which I give you this counsel. As the law goes, beloved, most people have a blind spot concerning that which does keep them from the daily victories whereby they can achieve the goal. Thus, it is apt to be the very least thing that is on your mind that may be the point where you should focus the ray of your I am presence. I say this, beloved, because the possibilities are almost without limit as to what you may accomplish in this lifetime. Many more of you than think you are even on this track can make it. But I kid you not, it does take all of your striving and your love and your trust. It is a trust that says, I know my God will do the very best for me if I have the courage to face my karma and to do my duty. Blessed ones, there is a saying, 
at our retreat, among the wise ones who have had ample experience with me. If we do our best, Serapis will do the rest. There is a great confidence in this commitment of the guru to the chila and the chila to the guru. And those who have proven this law again and again do not fear to give their most and their all, knowing that the reward will come as surely as the pendulum of life does swing. When we come back, Elizabeth Clare Prophet takes an in-depth look at the path of the ascension. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth Schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Is the ascension the goal of life? Well, we certainly believe so, and this is what we're here to do. You know, Ross, all of the ascended masters have gone through the ascension, mm-hmm. and they teach us how to do what they did. In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet shares invaluable information about the path of the ascension. Let's go. Who is Serapis Bay? Serapis Bay, Doug, is one of my favorite Ascended Masters. He is the hierarch of the Ascension Temple at Luxor, Egypt. 
He's known as the great disciplinarian, and he is the beloved master who disciplines us in the initiations for the ascension. What's the ascension? The ascension is our acceleration of the consciousness of God and our return to the white fire core of being. I guess Christians call it going to heaven, and Hinduists and Buddhists call it entering nirvana, the great soul liberation. It is indeed the liberation. It is our freedom from the round of rebirth and our freedom from our own karma. What's the connection between Serapis Bay and the Ascension? Serapis Bay is a son of God who came to earth with many sons and daughters of God, led by the one who was referred to in the book of Daniel as the Ancient of Days. The Ancient of Days is Sanat Kumara, one of the seven holy Kumaras who are masters of the seven rays on the planet Venus. Serapis Bay was embodied on Atlantis, and prior to the sinking of Atlantis, he was directed to take the focus of the flame of the ascension and to establish the temple which is now in the etheric plain at Luxor, Egypt. Serapis Bay's teaching is a very practical initiation on the path of purity so that we can understand how we may earn our ascension in this life on any one of the seven rays of the Christ. Serapis says, The future is what you make it, even as the present is what you made it. If you do not like it, God has provided a way for you to change it, and the way is through the acceptance of the currents of the ascension flame. I really think that the awareness that we can return to God in this life is something which many do not have, and others have a misconception of it. They think that by a simple declaration of faith or confession of the name Jesus Christ that they will automatically be received into the courts of heaven. Unfortunately, this is not so. For the great law requires that we shall balance every jot and tittle of the law, and this law is the law of karma. Hence, God has provided for us the way of reincarnation whereby the soul takes embodiment again and again so that it can finally prove the law of love whereby it can reunite with the living God. Serapis teaches that the path of the ascension is the path of love. He says it is love and the dream of love fulfilled. So we know that it is the way of love that leads to the way of purity. The ascension flame corresponds to the base of the spine chakra. The white chakra is the focal point of the energy of mother, which the Hindus refer to as the goddess Kundalini and which we salute as the Hail Mary or Hail Mother Ray. Whichever way we pursue the flame of mother, it is the raising up of this energy to the crown of life and to the third eye via the caduceus action which gives us the mastery over sin, disease and death and our ultimate overcoming. In the East, in fact, in the life of Ramakrishna, we understand that Jesus the Christ is regarded as the great yogi, the son of God, and truly he was because he mastered the energies of the chakras. 
I remember early in my life when I was just a teenager, coming out of a Christian church and feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit descend upon me and give me a very intense awareness why I have to ascend in this life. And I knew that God was telling me that my soul must return to Him, never to go out again. It was then that I began pursuing the path of the ascension as it is taught in East and West. And the end of my search was the discovery of the Master Serapis Bay, the Chohan of the fourth ray of the ascension, and of his retreat at Luxor, Egypt. In this retreat on the Nile River, there is the focus of the ascension flame. Candidates for the ascension from all over the world in every religion are invited to come to this retreat in their etheric bodies while they sleep at night. The training which Serapis gives is a training of the highest discipline of the white light of Alpha and Omega in each one of the seven centers of God's being. You may think that the ascension is something of the past or that it was only for Jesus the Christ or Mother Mary. When in fact there are many modern saints who have earned their ascension. One such saint is Pope John the 23rd. Another, Saint Therese of Lisieux. Mother Cabrini made her ascension and so did Mary Baker Eddy. There have been ones who have ascended from every continent and through every religion. And all of these have achieved that ascension through the disciplines of love. As Serapis Bay says, the disciplines for the initiations of the ascension into higher consciousness can be borne only by love, by the heart and the soul, so filled with love for God, the great Guru, that it will endure unto the end, the end of the cycles of human consciousness. That human consciousness which Serapis Bay is talking about is a qualification of the energy of God with the imperfection of the human mind with its limitation. Serapis teaches us that we have the dispensation today whereby if we balance only 51% of our karma, we can pass through the initiation of the ascension. The remaining 49% of our karma is balanced after the ascension. For those who do not realize the extreme requirements of the past, may I say that formerly it was required that 100% of an individual's karma be balanced prior to the ascension. That meant that every erg of energy, every jot and tittle of the law, of all energy that was given to man by God since his first incarnation in matter, had to be balanced and requalified with light. This means from every lifetime, every fear and doubt, every hatred, every wrong deed had to be balanced through the flame of the Holy Spirit. In the Aquarian age, we have the dispensation of the great mercy of the law, whereby that 51% is an adequate manifestation, and so by the grace and the gift of the Holy Spirit and of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are able to re-enter that state of union, and from that point, balance every debt to life. Are there any other requirements for the ascension? A most important requirement is the fulfillment of one's inner divine plan or the soul blueprint. 
We all came forth from God with a very special mission, a very special purpose on earth. To be a scientist, to be an artist, to be a minister, to be a saint. Whatever it is, we must fulfill that calling. And many times it requires a number of incarnations to do so. Many souls on earth today who are advanced in the way and the calling of the Christ have already fulfilled a great portion of that inner blueprint, and so they are seeking the path of the great reunion. This reunion with God was taught by beloved Yogananda and his masters Sri Yuktasvar and Lahiri Mahasha, Babaji and Mataji. These masters are counted among the unascended gurus of the great white brotherhood. They are the bodhisattvas. Although Yogananda was able to preserve his body temple after death, he did not elect to take his ascension. Rather, he abides at the etheric plane in the etheric retreats of the great white brotherhood with other masters of the Himalayas, training and tutoring souls who are walking in the way of the Christ and the Buddha to attain that reunion. We have contact with Yogananda and the masters who form a part of his service in the training of devotees in the way of Kriya Yoga. These masters are very real. Whether ascended or unascended, they abide in the octaves of light and they are receiving their devotees today, this very day, in the retreats of the Great White Brotherhood. The teachings and meditations of Yogananda, especially his mantras demonstrating the science of the spoken word, are also for the path of the ascension. It is the desire of Yogananda to bring his disciples into the awareness of the teachings of the ascended masters, even as it is the desire of the ascended masters to teach their disciples the way of the unascended adepts of the Himalayas. What demands does Serapis Bey make on his disciples? Serapis Bey asks the supreme question of all of us. How much do you love? How great is your love? Is your love great enough to make the sacrifice for the overcoming, for the path, for the cause of the great white brotherhood, in order that others among mankind might also receive the teachings, the law, and the understanding of the fulfillment of the promise of love? He says, faced with this question, the individual must either retreat into his old ways of the self-centered existence or come forth from that cocoon of selfishness and fly with the wings of the spirit, the wings of love that are the certain victory. Thank you very much. And yes, thank you very much. Um, I have a feeling we're not done with that subject by any stretch. Nope. Okay, well, let's, uh, and, and, you know, we have the manual. <laughs> we do have the manual, yes. Up next, a young adult spiritual journey. We've got emergency preparedness with Craig Nicholson, tips for family wholeness, and everyday kindness with Terry Kennedy, the world's nicest man. We'll be right back. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? 
Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Being young in today's world isn't easy. And as I recall, it wasn't particularly easy to be young in our world. (laughs) I imagine most generations are going to go through that, huh, Tom? Well, we've all been there. And some of us perhaps are still there. In fact, uh, we'd like to begin uh, with Sarah who is a young adult, and she'll offer her perspective on walking the spiritual path in today's challenging world. Sarah. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm 21 years old, and I'm from Montana, and I would like to share an experience of mine with you. Being a freshman in college was a very new experience for me, as it is for everyone, and while I was enjoying it, I often felt very alone. I would be walking through the halls of my dorm on the way to class or across campus, and I would feel this deep loneliness like there was no one else at my, like me at my school, that I was vastly different from the people that walked by me every day. I didn't drink, smoke, or do drugs. I didn't like popular music. 
I hadn't seen most movies that people talked about. And most of all, I was spiritual. I believed in there being great universal truths in all the world's religions. I believed that we had all lived more than once. I believed that God is an infinite power of love, light, and life, and is everywhere and in everything, including every person, every blade of grass, every animal, every leaf. And in the end, it was this belief that made the difference for me. One day, instead of dwelling on my differences and my aloneness, I simply started appreciating the beauty around me and walking to class with wonder at the blue sky, the fresh wind, and the tall trees. This became a habit, and soon I was saying quiet, simple prayers of gratitude as I walked, or a prayer for a friend who was having problems, or one about a problem of my own. And with this, the loneliness lessened because I started to realize that if God was everywhere, then I was not alone. Well, <laughs> I can think back to when I was 21 years old, and I don't believe I had anything near like that perspective in my life. You can remember that far back, Tom? Well, you know, it's a stretch. I have to look at my journal. But, uh, okay. yeah, I can remember parts of it anyway. Hopefully it's on acid-free paper. Oh, God. Yeah, no pun intended. Uh <laughs> I was there in the 60s, <laughs> Ross. That's right. Uh, anyway, well, Ross, now we're going to shift the uh, mm-hmm. focus here a bit. Are you prepared? And by that, I mean, you know, you've got plenty of fuel, candles, food, water, mm-hmm. dog food. Internet access. Internet, yeah. internet <laughs> access, yeah. You know, and it's, it's going to be hard to take it away, too. Greg Nicholson is the author of the One Stop Survival Preparedness Guide, and he's going to talk to us now about our home shelter. Here's Craig. Hi, everyone. This is Craig Nicholson with more tips for being prepared. Today I will cover home shelter. Certain types of emergencies or disasters, like toxic fume or hazardous materials accidents, severe storm warnings or nuclear fallout, may require you to stay indoors. One of the instructions that may be given by authorities is to shelter in place. This means you should stay indoors until authorities tell you it is safe to come out or you are told to evacuate. If you do not have a survival shelter already in place, here is what you can do. Select a small interior room with no or few windows. Close and lock all windows and exterior doors. Turn off all fans, heating and air conditioning systems. Bring your family survival kit with you and make sure your battery radio is working. It is ideal to have a hardwired telephone in the room. Cell phone networks may be overwhelmed or damaged during an emergency. Use duct tape and thick plastic sheeting to seal all cracks around the door and all vents into the room. Listen to your radio or television for further instructions or updates. If you are in your car, close windows and turn off the vents and air conditioning system. That's all for this week. Until next week, happy prepping. For more on preparedness, survival, and wholesome living, visit Craig's website, www.wholesomebalance.com. And, you know, it's interesting that we're having a blizzard here today. I think we mentioned it at the top of the show. Um, this is one of those times when actually being prepared is not a bad idea because it brings it home. No mm-hmm. pun intended. That's right. If you're traveling uh, and it's a blizzard outsiders, conditions like it is down at zero or below zero, 
like we're experiencing here, most people from a warm climate really don't know how to react to that. They, they don't realize what wind chill is, et cetera. And so we want to adjure everybody out there to be careful. Uh, you know, let's, let's make sure that you've got a sleeping bag, you know, maybe some, uh, some uh, you know, protein bars and things like that. Make sure you've got your cell phone charged up. If you're going to get out on the road in weather like this, you really need to take a little time to prepare. Yeah, and, and a tank top is inappropriate attire. Yes, unless it's beneath a snowsuit. Yes. yes. <laughs> so uh, let's move on. Uh, yeah. We've got a buffet here of, of topics. Right, and you know, we were talking about this a little earlier before the show. Uh, kids are very spiritual. And, you know, my, my daughter likes to ask me questions. Like, and, the, and she likes to time it when I'm actually drinking a liquid. So she'll ask me something like, Dad? Yes, dear. And I sip. And she says, does God wear shoes? <laughs> okay, hang on a second here. I'm going to have to have to get a, a napkin or something because not only is that really funny, that's a really good question. <laughs> well, we know when we're, we're around little children, we know that we're close to God. And uh, we'd like to give you now, um, children are spiritual beings by nature. Let's go. Do you know that children are spiritual by nature and are born with a deep devotion to God? As parents, we can foster the innate spiritual nature of our children and unlock their divine potential so that they may become more of God each day. From infancy, a baby will experience the essence of God through the way we talk, hold her, and meet her physical and emotional needs. When we are gentle and respond with consistency and unconditional love, we build trust and the baby feels loved and learns that the world is a good place. This goodness is how young children experience God. How can we help children feel the presence of God? Surround them with beautiful pictures, harmonious sounds, and peaceful experiences. During the first six years especially, children absorb their surroundings and whatever their senses encounter. When we make their environment beautiful and peaceful, this is internalized into their souls. Try these ideas to spiritualize your home. Take charge of the images, sounds, and experiences you want your children exposed to, for all of this will have an influence on their well-being. Avoid distorted images, television shows that do not support family values, and intense music that will take away the purity and innocence of the soul. Create opportunities for quiet time that will allow children to commune with God and His saints and angels. Play meditative classical music during naps or quiet time or while doing homework. Say prayers and grace before meals with your children each day. Take children to church so they can experience the joy of community prayer. Make the Sabbath a holy day dedicated to worship, rich discussions, and family time. As a family, watch uplifting movies with moral values you support. Have a discussion as a family afterward about the movie. In general, limit the amount of TV that is watched. Plan simple service projects that include all members of your family. Take a family walk and enjoy God's creations in nature. Read uplifting classical stories about heroes, saints, and virtues to your children. Give your children every opportunity to become the special people that God intended them to be. And remember, parents make the difference in every family. The power of little things, except they're not really little. They just happen to be small now. Everything we do matters. It's like uh, Marianne was saying that we need to talk to our children about the things that they see. We talk with our daughter every day, talk through her day, and it's good practice. You know, it really helps her out a lot. I, and I totally agree. I remember with my children, I would tell them that when they smile at someone or they 
make a gesture that's kind, that they'll never perhaps know what impact that really has. In fact, we, we probably will never know uh, who we touch with our kindness, but God knows. And because everything we do, we do to Him. Uh, now we'd like to uh, move on to our um, Everyday Kindness with Terry Kennedy, the world's nicest man. Here's Terry. Hi, this is Terry Kennedy, and this is my kind thought for the day. There was a time that I didn't even know what the word hospice meant. Eventually, I found out. Several years ago, I heard that a high school buddy of mine was in hospice, and that he didn't have long to live. So hospice is basically where you go when you are very close to making your transition, and the doctors have not given you very long to live. It may be that you only have just a few more weeks. Well, what I decided to do was to go visit my friend and take my guitar with me. He and I used to play electric guitars together just for fun over at his house when we were teenagers. I went on to make performing a profession, so I thought it would be fun to play some of the songs that we used to listen to on the radio when we were teens. When I got to the hospice facility, I found out right away that he was no longer conscious. Nonetheless, I got out my guitar and proceeded to talk to him and perform for him, just as if he was conscious and right there with me. For I knew that, as a matter of fact, he was right there with me. It was just that he had lost some of his surface faculties, but underneath he had full awareness. I'm really glad I had the opportunity to do this for my friend. It felt good that I could be there for him, and I knew that he appreciated it too. Interestingly enough, afterward I was invited by another family to bring my guitar into their room, where there was a real party going on. We played a bunch of songs, and we all had a great time. I was very impressed with how joyful this other family was, especially at such a time when a loved one, who seemed to be the very life of the party, was so near to death. So I encourage you to get involved in visiting people in hospice, if you feel that that is an aspect of your calling. Everyone's lives will be enriched by the experiences, and it's a wonderful way to serve. So remember, it doesn't take much to be kind. And kindness really feels good. I'll say it feels good. Thank you, Terry. Now I think it's time for our uh, Q&A with our favorite e-minister, Reverend Sidney Bennett. So when uh, we come back, we'll have Reverend Sidney. So please stay tuned. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, hello again. Thanks for staying with us. Um, Joining us now is, once again, Reverend Sidney Bennett to answer your questions. Hello, Sidney. Hi there. So, Sidney, uh, one of the questions that we've gotten is when we have at the focus of our show is just where are we going, spiritually, I mean. Well, you know, that's really up to us. Um, One of the amazing things is that God has given us free will. And although he wants us to come home to him, he respects that free will, and it's really up to us where we're going spiritually. And I think that there's an awakening among people. There's a religious awakening, if not necessarily a church awakening, but certainly a spiritual one. People know this is a special time. There's something unique about this point of history. And really what it is, it's an unprecedented time to be able to make spiritual progress. It's the end of an age. It's the end of the Piscean Age, going to the Aquarian. And it's a chance for us to balance up our debts from this past 2,000 years Jesus gave us that opportunity by his sacrifice and by his dying on the cross. He took our karma so that for 2,000 years we'd have the opportunity to go forward and balance um, all that needs to be done. And so it's really up to us what we do and where we're going. You know, the Hindus believe that in reincarnation and karma, but they feel it's going to take so long to do this, millions of years, they have so much karma, what's the rush? Well, there is a rush, and we also have the tools today to move much, much faster, including the violet flame, which I will know we'll be talking about in future shows, an opportunity. But the decision is up to us, and that will determine where we go spiritually. You know, Sidney, you bring up a very important point, I think, about um, Jesus' role in uh, holding our karma at bay until we're able to handle it ourselves, which I think if we were to paraphrase that, it's that we don't get a get-out-of-jail-free card that we, this is what the Bible says. We have to balance every jot and tittle of our karma. It's past actions create a present circumstance. Um, I'm wondering about something here that uh, because we are children of God and we acknowledge that in our souls, in our hearts, if we wait long enough, does the ascension just happen? Well, if we'd have waited long enough, it would have happened by now because we've been <laughs> around for a very long time. So the answer is no. Every day we must make a choice. And that choice is to move forward towards God one more step or to go away from God. And there's no such thing as staying still, because if you stay where you are, you're actually slipping further away. And so we must choose each day to take that next step that will take us a little bit closer, balance a little bit of karma, and draw us closer to God. But we must decide that every day. God is not limiting the the speed at which we return to him. We do that through our human consciousness. And, of course, it takes time. We have our responsibilities in the world, but God even uses those to help us draw closer to him. How much do we love? How much do we care? How much do we really want God's will? We have that free will choice, and until we make that paramount in our lives, then our progress won't be as great as it might be. 
So, Sid, when, when, let's say that I've earned my ascension, and I hope to one day, do I have to take it, or can I, can I come back to Earth? Can I stay here and serve? I mean, I know there's a, there's a few options there. Can you help sure, us out with Sure, there is, of course. And there is a, a board of spiritual overseers for the planet. They're called the Great Karmic Board. And before you come into embodiment and after you leave, you stand before them and review either what you hope to do in that next coming embodiment or what you have done. And so um, at that time, you will know whether you have earned your ascension or not, and you may take your ascension at that point um, and balance whatever remaining karma you have from the ascended state, or you can do like some people that choose to come back. And it's, there's a certain risk factor in that because, as you know, we lose our memory when we return to Earth. And so, but many people choose that because, or a certain number do, because they love so much they want to come and help the people of Earth. And as Mrs. Prophet mentioned the show, some don't return physically to the Earth, but they stay in the etheric realm and delay their ascension so that they continue and be that much closer to the Earth and to the people and help them. And these people in Eastern terms are called bodhisattvas, who have taken a vow um, not to return to God until all return. Great. So, so I have one additional question on that one that just occurred to me, and that is is that if you're, if you're going to take the ascension, you take the ascension. If you're not going to take the ascension, um, do we have examples of people who have not taken the ascension, who have stayed and, be, and become a bodhisattva? Well, certainly um, Jesus could have taken his ascension long before he did in his lifetime. One of the requirements of the ascension is the fulfillment of your divine plan. And clearly it was a divine plan for Jesus to come and to live the life he did, so he delayed his ascension. So that's p- perhaps one reason people might not take it, because they want to come back, they want to complete something they haven't finished, either through circumstances or karma that didn't allow them to do so, and, and they, can, they can look at it that way. But um, there have been a number of people that have re-embodied, for instance, St. Germain, who was the master of the Aquarian Age, could have taken his ascension long, long, long before he did. But he asked for the opportunity to come back and work with the people of Earth, sponsoring America, and doing many great things to help people um, draw closer to God. Finally, he had to take his ascension, um, and he did so, but now he works from the Ascended State to help us. So, And I've also heard that it's a lot easier to balance your karma here on Earth, given, given that you remember somebody. I remember a, an example that it was uh, balancing your karma for the etheric realms took longer, and it was kind of like picking up a glass of water with no hands. Right, exactly. We made our karma in the physical world, and it's far, far easier to balance in the physical world. And we can use our spiritual efforts, but God also requires for us to encounter certain circumstances and opportunities where we must make the right choice, where perhaps in the past we've made the wrong choice. But I think the key thing to remember here, Ross, is that every day do something to draw yourself closer to God, to find a way to be more of God in manifestation, and to put aside that old human self that we know is such a problem with us, as Paul told us, and become more of all God intends us to be. It doesn't happen necessarily in one day, but every day counts, and that's the key thing. You know, many people get to the end of their embodiment, and they say, end of their lifetime, they say, my life is over, I can't believe it, it went by so fast, and, and what did I really do? And, and this is a not uncommon thing. And so now is the time where we still have life and breath and health, that we take a, a perspective or assessment of ourselves and say, what do I want to do before God calls me home, and what can I accomplish? And I want to mention this, never too late, whether you're 90 or, or 9, uh, to start on the spiritual path, because everything counts. And that's why retirement is, quote-unquote, not a retirement spiritually, but an opportunity to work and to continue to grow closer to God. You know, Paul spoke about a better resurrection. And so take an opportunity every day to do something for God, for your fellow man, and to balance that karma, and you'll never regret it. 
You know, uh, you're reminding me of something that I'm sure is obvious to most people who understand the concept of karma, and that is that we've got our hands full. Um, but I'm wondering uh, if you could elaborate a little bit on um, the possibility that we may be bearing others' karma, uh, or if, for that matter, perhaps we may be um, bearing a certain portion of the karma of a nation. And if you could elaborate on that a little bit, perhaps even telling us why. Or a planet. Sure. Or a planet. There's, you know, God is a... Um impersonal God in some ways, even as he is a personal God in, in other ways. But there is the law of karma, which is an exacting law. It's the law uh, of for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. And so karma is there. And if it doesn't get balanced, then it will manifest physically. And so certain saints and certain people have vowed to take on the karma of the world. It's not their karma. It's the karma of the world that allows the world to continue to have opportunity it can, it can delay cataclysm, or in the case of Jesus, he held the balance, took our karma for 2,000 years so that we would opportunity to work and to grow and to return to God. So there are many noble souls out there that have done this and helped the planet, and in fact, you can do it too, um, and always ask for God's will as you, as you do that. But as you serve, as you work, God can give you not only your karma to balance, but others. And that may seem like an impossible task, but with the violet flame and all the help and support we have from the angelic realms, uh, it's very possible. As I said, you don't ask for that until you understand and are ready for it, always according to God's will. But it is the path of service and of the saints and great spiritual beings through the ages. I think that's the concept of holding the balance, isn't it? Absolutely. So a question that uh, occurs to a lot of people is, as they lay there in bed or in their quiet times and they meditate, is we've all done things in our lives that we're not, you know, we're not happy we did or we feel bad about it. It's far too late to go back and fix something like that. Or is it really, Sid? Can well, it's we, not. Can and we I do think, something about that? I think um, in this you know, lifetime that you're currently having, if there's something where you've harmed someone or hurt them, if there's an opportunity to physically balance the karma, either through an apology or um, you know, replacement of something or, or whatever the karma might be, that's always the first step. And secondly, to really to have a sense of remorse and ask for forgiveness not only from the person but from God. But I think the, what is, is important to remember that if we've had so many lifetimes that we don't know all the things we've done. And so, therefore, we can balance that karma, even when we may not know what it is, by our service to life, um, by helping people, as I said, by using the violet flame, which is a very spiritual flame that, as we, I think we suggested in a previous um, program, can actually repolarize energy and, and help that. So there are ways to do it. Um, and to balance that karma through service and through love. And I want to add one more thing, is that some people feel so much self-condemnation or remorse over things that they've done, they don't feel worthy to come to God. Well, that, that is not, should not, never be the case. Um, we can feel that remorse, but we have to be ready to forgive ourselves, even as God can forgiveness, and we can balance that karma. But we should never let feelings of regret um, prevent us from moving forward in a spiritual path because people have done, we've all done terrible things in all our lifetimes and God still loves us and gives us the opportunity to balance that karma and so we must move forward in humility and in love but know that God will forgive us as we forgive ourselves and give us the opportunity to balance that karma. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your elaborating on that. Um, it brings up one other thing, too. You know, we're talking about karma, um, and really we're talking about the ascension and karma is one of the um, important uh, components of the ascension process. What you alluded to it before, and if, I, if you wouldn't mind, um, Sydney, elaborate a little bit again on the um, requirements of the ascension. Well, to make your ascension, the first requirement is you must balance at least 51% of your karma. 
Um, it used to be you had to balance 100%, but in this age, there's been a dispensation given that if you balance the majority of it, you can do the rest from the ascended state. So that's a huge opportunity and to take advantage of right now. It becomes very doable and very practical for someone that applies themselves. The second thing is the fulfillment of your divine plan and following your heart and doing and serving others. And it may be a very specific plan. It may just be having the love in your heart and the service in the, and, and to others. And that's something all of us can discover. The, another requirement is having a balanced threefold flame. Now, you may recall we have a threefold flame in our heart of love, wisdom, and power. And we need to balance those because in a lot of us, in fact, in most of us, we have a stronger plume, say, in the pink and love and art or so forth, or in the blue, which is in leadership. And so we need to balance those things. I think the important thing to remember is that the key element is love, devotion to God and to our fellow man, and overcoming those things in ourselves that, you know, really are a block to being the fullness of the Christ, even as Jesus became the Christ. It's a path that has been walked by many. There's been many, many ascensions. What man has done, man can do. It's not impossible. It's doable. And this is the age, and this is the time to take that first step. And the very fact that you're listening to this program indicates that God wants you to have this opportunity if you so choose. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, there's one, one thing, a little caveat. We apparently um, have attracted people like I used to be uh, in our uh, email who want to know, how do I know when I've balanced 51% of my karma? Do, do I hear a ding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it is the law that when you do pass that, when you've, you, you, an angel will come to you, I believe it's Gabriel that will come to you, and he may come to you at inner levels, meaning you may not have an outer manifestation of this. It may be a dream. It may be something that you just sense. And, um, but it is the law that you are notified of this. But it's also important to remember that you can go backwards as well as forwards. So the fact that perhaps at some point you do achieve 51% is no guarantee. Because as I mentioned earlier, every day we must choose. Choose to become God or choose to stay as our human consciousness. And so it's a wonderful day when a soul passes that mark, but we're not home until we're home. And so as I said, every day is our decision point, no matter how much karma we balance, because we can go back as well as forward. Thanks, Sydney. We really appreciate you coming. If you've got any questions or comments about the spiritual journey, folks, please send them to webradio at tsl.org. You want to repeat that? Webradio at tsl.org. Thank you, Ross. Um, next week, uh, we'll focus on the question, how do we get there? In the meantime, we want to make sure that everybody goes and checks out the website, www.tsl.org. Thank you. You can also go uh, onto Facebook and type in Ascended Master Radio and see the radio uh, Facebook page for the show. Uh, in the meantime, let's also remember that the upward path may be difficult, but the rewards are out of this world. And lest I turn into Sergeant Phil Esterhouse from Hill Street Blues, everybody be careful out there in the weather. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Russ. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.